Broadcasting live from the Out of the Boat Ministry headquarters, you're listening to Cast the Net. Now here's your hosts, Matt Hynas and Sean Fraunfelder. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I want to want to thank you for another blessed day, Lord. Uh, even during these times, the times of of, of this pandemic, uh, this time of uncertainty, uh, Lord, you are um, you are still the King on the throne, and and everything that we have is still a blessing from you, Lord. I fully believe that this pandemic, this virus going around, um, Lord, it is going to make us stronger. It's going to make the church stronger. Um, Lord, this is just a time when um, Christians rise up. Your true followers of Christ rise up. And Lord, I pray that you continue to give us strength for that. Lord, I want to pray for all the small businesses that are being infected. Uh, Lord, I uh, we just got news of another one here in town that's going to be closing up. Not permanently, but will be closing up for a while. Uh, Lord, there's people that are losing their jobs. There are people who have uncertainty. Lord, I pray that you just continue to be with them. Um, Lord, we still need to praise you uh, even through these kind of times. And I know it's tough for people to do, and I know it's tough um, not to start getting cynical, Lord. Um, so I, I pray that you continue to, to reveal yourself to people uh, that you continue to move. Um, Lord, we're going to continue to um, to follow you, to praise you, um, to to spread your word. Um, Lord, and I just ask that you be with us tonight for our conversation. Lord, we're going to get into uh, maybe some topics or thought process that um, that may upset a few people, Lord. And that's not our to- that's not our, our our intent. And you know our heart. Lord, I, I pray that you just guide this conversation. Lord, I pray that we don't say anything that we shouldn't. Um, and Lord, I pray that we don't forget something to say uh, that we should or that you want us to. Uh, Lord, again, we love you for everything that you do for us. And I want to pray this in the holy, powerful, and spotless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And welcome to Castanet Podcast number 14, brought to you by Out of the Boat Ministries. I am Sean Fraunfelder, and once again, I'm joined with Matt Hynas. Hello. And on the soundboard is Adam Shine again. Hello there. And this time we have a uh, another guest with us. Uh, he was just on a couple uh, podcasts ago through an interview. Um, Pastor Brian is joining us. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Thank you. Um, and part of why I wanted to have Brian on is because of the the message that he just did this past week. Now, the last three podcasts that we had, we were kind of leading, leaning, or leading up to uh, this topic here of what's going on in the world right now and how maybe we should view it, all right? Um, I tend to um, want to have the, the viewpoint of you know, God's doing this for a purpose, you know. But I know there's a lot of people out there right now that are that are still on that fence of, 
if it's good, it's from God. If it's something bad, it's from Satan. Right. But that's not what that's not what Scripture says. Because if that's the case, then the bad stuff that's happening, God doesn't have control over, and, and it's just Satan doing it. Right. Right. Well, well if there's yeah. some things that he can't control, then he's not God. Right. I see. We hit this right up front. You know, <laughs> there are people talking about this out there, which is saying. Is this judgment from God? And I, I've heard my mentor uh, and, and former pastor Ron Grubb uh, preach on this. And so I actually called him up the other day. Um, you know, he's like a, my Jedi master. Like I called him up <laughs> and uh, I said, hey, Grubby, um, I, ju- I just want to go over this again with you. I've heard you preach on this several years ago, but, you know, and Grubby always brings that, just that straightforward easy to understand. And his reminder was, yes, in the Old Testament, we did see spot judgments by God on his people. But after the birth and death of Christ, that stopped. And so basically judgment is being withheld until the end, until revelation. And so Ron wanted to remind me that if God starts to judge someplace, let's say it is America, that this is his judgment. Because he is the righteous judge, then he must pour out his judgment every place. Mm. And so, as we're going to talk about tonight, I don't believe one bit that this is a judgment from God. Is God allowing it to happen? Yes, because he is sovereign, right? We've talked about that before. He's beginning and the end. He spoke it all into existence. But he is going to use things through this for his kingdom, for his glory, for people mm. to come to know him. So just wanted to throw that out right at the beginning. So there's a couple a couple scripture on the whole good things come from God and bad things come from Satan. So Psalm one fifteen three. Our God is in heaven, is in the heavens, he does all that he pleases. Um, and again, all is all is all. All is not some things. All is all. But I think I think the one that really jumped out to me to be the clearest was Lamentation three thirty seven. Who has spoken, and it came to pass? Unless the Lord has commanded it, is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad comes? Mm. So, this thought process of this is something bad, this is some type of judgment, this is, you know, where's God, you know, why is God allowing this to happen? Maybe there's some things that need to be stripped away. I mean, let's think about it. What has been stripped away from us? Like busyness. Well, yeah. Yeah, busyness. I mean, from a church standpoint, yeah. pretty much everything that we, you know, most of what we know as church is... With quotation marks yeah, right there, as, church. as church, with air quotes, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, pretty much what's been stripped away is practically all of people's schedules. Yeah. Like, if, if you look at... If you would have looked at my schedule on my wall, either at church or at home, at the beginning of the month, it was all marked up, all... Now, it's just 
white because there's yeah. nothing there. Right. I mean, so. but has God gone anywhere? Nope. Still the same. Yeah. <laughs> nope. But I mean, there's just so many things that have been ripped out of people's hands immediately. Look at the amount of idolatry that's been ripped out of people's hands. Look at the the dance moms, the soccer dads, the 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 baseball dads, the you know the what the whatever. Right. Gone. NCAA basketball, NHL, Major League Baseball, PGA, everything gone. I mean, movies, concerts. So yeah. what is ha- what has happened now? The distractions are they're all taken away. And 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 what are we and I hate to use this term, but what are we now forced to do? Sit at home with our family. Yeah. And pour into our family. Well, wow. That doesn't sound like such a horrible thing now, does it? It seems actually like people like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> like most people like their families. Yeah. I think some people are still trying to figure it out because yeah. for so long their lives were like your calendar, right? Go, go, go. And now all of a sudden, everything has come to a screeching halt almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now they're kind of like, well, well, now what do we do? I mean, you are, you're fixing meals at home. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's not the sleepovers and the, you know, you know, the push the kids off on the grandparents and stuff. Like, you, you are forced to be. And now you're also forced to think, just so I just had this conversation with with my wife on the way here because of course we had to go through this whole you know COVID nineteen prep thing at work today and I'm like maybe I need to start because Aaron and Rye have been home all day they haven't gone out and had any kind of interaction with anybody so there's the the chance of them contracting is very very low I've had all kind of interaction with people today people come in and get their cars fixed so I've you know, I've had to get signatures from people, swap pins with people, get people's um, keys, drive their cars into the... I mean, I'm, you know, when you look at a germ standpoint, I've been all up in people's oh, yeah. germs. So now I can bring it home. Uh, so do I need to treat myself as though I'm, I'm some type of... Leper? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, do I need to strip down at the house? Because now... Now you have to start thinking about your actions and how they're going to affect other people around you. Well, mm. wow. Like, where have we heard that from before? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Out of the Boat Headquarters is going to be coming to you live from Out of the Boat Headquarters <laughs> and where Sean lives. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, if you start stripping down before you go in the house, would you just let us know so we'll send out a warning to the neighborhood? Yeah, well, I got a garage. I'll go through there the garage. There you go. All right. Yeah. And I just want to put this little disclaimer out there. There might be some things that are said in this podcast that you, the listener, might go, boy, I'm not really sure about that. And if you come out of the boat, you hear this often, take it up with the Lord. Like, if you want to talk to us about it, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. But there's nobody better to take things to than the Lord and say, Lord, you know, I'm not really sure about this. This is, you know, I heard these guys talking about it. Can you speak into me? We're not perfect. We could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So... Depending upon how long this goes, right now they're talking mid-May, possibly into June. 
So, for you, Brian, yeah, if your congregation does not meet again until the first Sunday in June, right? Has has the structure and foundation of the church kind of changed? Like, how many people will come back yeah. financially? Where oh, you, yeah. where are you guys uh, going to be at? I mean, because statistically. You guys are probably down on offerings because that's yeah. what happens whenever you don't have oh, people sure. in the in the in the physical building. Offerings go down. Yep. Um, now that shouldn't be. I mean, because and, and this is a whole other you know this is a whole other rabbit we could chase. But you know, I think the last stat I read was somewhere around four four to six percent of Christians actually tithe across the U.S. Anyways, right. wow. Yeah, let that one sink in. So actually, if if all of your members at your church actually tied, you go, well, you wouldn't have any kind of issue anyway. Oh, sure, but yep. but we don't. Um, so, but not to chase that 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 giving rabbit. Um, That's another episode, right? <laughs> but honestly, like, well, what? Well, I can tell you uh, before I came here. Uh, one of the things I was doing this afternoon was we were on a, a Zoom conference call, which like Zoom's the new everything right now. <laughs> um, but we were on a Zoom conference call with the district superintendent and most of the pastors from our district. And and it was basically just checking in, saying like, and talking a little bit about like, what are you doing to like reach out to your community but also like what are some of your fears and and things like that and uh like one of one of the huge things obviously people are scared about pastors are scared about are about money and about whether or not they're going to have a job by the time june hits um you know and whether or not they'll be able to get paid um so that's that's one of the things that people are really worried about but but then one of the other things that somebody brought up was that uh, are people going to want to come back? Mm-hmm. And um, oh wow! And and the fact that a lot of people are saying, like, I kind of like this doing church at home in my pajamas thing, and you know, are are they liking it to the point that they're going to be like? I'm just going to stay home and not go back to church or just stream on. I'll just stream it online. And, you know, our church streams. So we can stop streaming. We could stop streaming. <laughs> um, but you know that, but that's a fear. But in my, in my mind, I'm also going like, yes, it's bad that people are maybe going like, maybe I don't really need to go to church. But on the other hand, I'm also kind of asking the question, are they saying, saying, do I need to go to church? Or are they saying, do I need to go to a building called the church in order to do church? Ah, yeah. See, there we go. So this this is where I would push back on people. Yeah. If it's just you and your wife sitting at home in your pajamas, because you don't really get up and you can watch. Yep. Yep. That's, that's not church. Right. Now, if you're getting together with your small group, and you're watching the message, and you're uh, going through, and you're doing it that way. Then 
I could say, yeah, I, I can yeah, understand yeah. because, um, you know, maybe it works out better for everybody to get together at six o'clock at night on Sunday instead sure. of getting up at, you know, 9 a.m. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the one thing. Um, you know, the Sabbath is something, and you brought this up during your, your, your message about, you know, the Sabbath is something that's commanded. Right. How many of us actually follow it? Um, typically for people, the Sabbath is, is Sunday. Yeah. Uh, now, most people who work in the church, because you, you guys are usually, what, Sunday through Thursday... Yeah. Yeah. So a lot. Of, yeah. So a lot of people can do the 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 Friday. I've heard a lot of people, you know, that our staff um, do Fridays. But for most of us that work Monday through Friday, Saturdays is kind of when you're trying to get everything done. So Sunday. Right. So yeah, if you could have that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. For, I mean, we've had this discussion about house churches for how long. Uh, it's been a while. Eight months. Yeah, yeah. Did I? I sent you the the Francis Chan video. Yeah, because he just moved to to um, Hong Kong. Yeah, like a month ago. Right. And he had announced this a long time ago. Yeah. He was going to move there. And it was funny during that because he was like, you know, what we've been working for this for seven years. And I leave, and two weeks later, you guys are all forced to meet in your homes. He's like, right. "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. but so I'm I, I'm thinking about that during that video because when you and I went to that um, that conference, all those people that have those that are in that house church network, yeah. this hasn't affected them in one bit. Nope, nope. Because even even the 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 ten or less. Most of those churches, once you start getting up in that 10, 12, 14 range, you're supposed to split off and start another church anyways. Right. So again, you're not you're not falling into that. So their their offerings aren't falling off because nothing in their church has changed. Nope. So how fragile is our church dynamic that we have, the American church? How fragile is it that a a a single virus yeah basically shuts down the american church yeah well i mean if you think about it it's kind of i mean i'm i'm don't get me wrong i'm very glad that we had like this pastor's discussion and we oh, pray, yeah. we spent time praying together but it's kind of like it's kind of sad that at, just because of this and the church having to change things like there's a lot of people going like i don't know if the church can survive. Yeah. And it's like, it, it just makes me question if, if we're that worried about the church surviving, has God built our church mm. or has man oh. built our church? Amen. Yeah. So, <laughs> because it, I feel like if God built the church that we're, we're experiencing, you know, traditionally in, in the United States, like, I don't know that we would be going like after two weeks going like, Oh gosh, is the, is the church going to survive? Are we going to be able to, are we going to have to close our doors? Are we going to be able to pay our pastors? Like, I feel like if God builds it, like eh, it's but, probably going to do better. Think about what Christ said to Peter, right? Yeah. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't come against it. Yeah. 
But our American mm. church structure, a virus has come against it, shut it down for two weeks, and there are literally churches that are afraid that... But, but let's be honest. If, if, we, if we just went out uh, on Sundays or Wednesday nights to churches, and we just stood outside their door and we just polled people as they came or left... Um, what what is church? Can you describe the church? More than likely, they're going to tell us about their building. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think we are at a time where, just like when Jesus said, "Destroy this temple in three days, and I'll raise it," and they were like, "Oh, it took us hundreds of years to build this. How is that?" We're here now, saying, "Boy, the church will be destroyed. You know, the church will fall." The building itself might not have heat or power on, but the church, what the Bible says should be the church, people have misunderstood. Oh, I yeah. see all these people last several days posting, you know, if if we if we get on our knees and we pray and we repent, then out, you know, that scripture that, that they want to quote. The problem is, is the piece that everybody is missing in that, there's I have no doubt there are millions of people praying that maybe have never prayed before, or maybe they haven't prayed in a year, mm. but they're not repenting. And right. the same thing for Christians. Like the key word in that line was we need to repent mm. when we're praying. And then he will hear our cries and hear our land. Mm. Right. But he, but I, I guess this is, this is part of the question. Like, but are, are we are we going to pray and repent for something to come back that God really didn't ask for to begin with? Right. I mean, this was a great, no, great thing. Point. This was a great thing in, in Francis's book, Letters to the Churches, you know, where he he did a description of churches like uh, ordering off the menu, okay? So God comes in and comes to your restaurant and says, here's what I want, Okay. So you go through the list of commands that are in Scripture. So basically he says, this is what I want. I want a steak with a baked potato and whatever. But now you as the waiter show up and you give him a plate of spaghetti. Now, is spaghetti a bad meal? No. I mean, is, is it still nutritious? Yeah. It's still food. But is it what he asked for? Right. So there is a part of me that's starting to wonder if... If this isn't God saying, you know what, you guys, you're not, you haven't listened. I'm going to go ahead and change the structure. And literally within a week to two weeks' time, he has changed how the American church gathers together. Now, there are going to be a lot of people, this is the refiner's fire right now. Because you know how easy those people who just use ch- church as a checkbox, how easy it's going to be for them to go, eh, I don't really won't feel like. But those of, those of us who are true followers, you know, we're still going to worship on Sunday morning, and it may just be with your spouse and with your kids. You know, we're still going to watch the, watch the messages. We're still going to get into, our, into Scripture. We're still going to have kingdom conversations with people. I mean, for a lot of people out there, and hopefully for the majority of people who who listen to this, like, other than me going to a physical location on a Sunday, 
it hasn't really changed much for me. Now, for you, Brian, it has because how you prep things and what you do and where you yeah. meet, things like that. Yeah, yeah. preaching it, preaching it, into an empty building would be strange. Yeah, it's well, <laughs> we we were just talking about that because right right before we came here, uh, Shine and I were um, we were at the church and I was recording my message to him, uh, Shelley, who was running the sound and and John, the assistant pastor, who's running the other camera. It's real weird and it's sometimes hard to connect. So like my job, how I do it has changed because that is my job. But, um, but yeah, I, it, I think, I think you're going to see, uh, a lot of people that are just kind of the check the box sort of people. They're going to kind of see it like summer vacation, like when they were in school, like, Oh, well, church is out. So I don't have to worry about homework. You know, I don't have to worry about getting in the word, you know, it's just going to be free time where I think, um, I think, and, and I, it's, it's funny. I I was praying this morning and I I really felt like God said, this is when the real church will rise. Mm. Like that, um, that you've seen something like, like church and you've seen, uh, and sort of in the big, bigger church, there's like glimmers of real church happening, but this is going to cause the real church to rise. Um, now my, one of my big fears is that if all this Corona stuff goes away, that we just go right back back to where we were. And and, I don't know. It's one of those things where they say you do something 30 days in a row, it creates a habit. Well, it's going to be 30 days in a row of not rushing home to get the practices. It's going to be 30 days. I mean, I I hate that this is reality, but Aaron and I were like, you know, other than Monday night when we do the podcast now, and Tuesday or Thursday night when we have when we meet for out of the boat, we have we have dinner every night together as a family, because we're not running Riley off to dance. We're not running here. We're not doing. I mean, you know, the weekends we, I mean, we sat and watched movies together. I mean, like we, we didn't do that. We're all we we're everybody was just so busy, and and that's the part about this that, I mean. The Lord has has you know thrown a parachute out the back and just <laughs> slowed yeah. down everybody's life. You know now, right? Not gradually, boom. Now, um, and for me, it's kind of started to it started to make me look at things and see how kind of out of whack things were. I mean, yeah. to 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 look and see, um. I, I kind of feel for myself. It's the Lord going, okay. We we need to get our priorities back straight. Okay, um, the priority of of running your kid to every sporting event you could possibly get to, and the fact that your family doesn't sit down not one time throughout the week and has an actual dinner together or a meal together because you're constantly running is that is that how is that the foundation of what a family should be? Like to be constantly busy, constantly. I mean, you're spending more time with your spouse, so maybe you're 
having some conversations that need to be had. Maybe you're just kind of reconnecting a little bit. Mm. I mean, there's just so many different things at this point right now. So, you know, between how we meet together for church, how we're doing church, I mean, yesterday, I, I, want, I wanted to send something out to all you guys yesterday because after watching Praise and Worship that Aaron did, like I just had this urge of I just wanted to be around my group, my, you know, guys. my crew mm, yeah. and worship together. Like I just wanted to be around each other and and be able to worship and like gathering together the way we'd been doing it. Like I I, I never got that kind of feeling before. You just kind of yeah. Okay, you show up, you do this, you do this, you say hi to this person. Okay, announcements. All right, now we have the three-minute break. We go kind of meet people. We do a couple songs, get into the... Me- I mean, it's a routine. Yeah. It's a routine. Now the routine's completely messed up. But there was just that feeling inside that I was just like, man, I just, I still want... To, I need to be around a group of believers and worship and just fellowship with them. I, I hadn't had that before. Well, I would uh, encourage you, um, if you do not follow Antioch Alliance, where can uh, Adam, where could they find Antioch Alliance in those messages? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not Adam. Yeah, go ahead. No, Brian, you, you can yeah. answer. Uh, AntiochAlliance.com, or there's an Antioch Alliance app on the app stores. Um, yeah, I want to encourage everybody, go watch... 322 the praise and worship was phenomenal the message that brian gives was it was a hammer like mm-hmm. it 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 was really fantastic just wait till this week's i got a little bit of a preview of it yeah <laughs> wonderful but no i'm with you uh i had that same feeling after that praise and worship like i just wanted to be in that living room like i just wanted to be there with them and just be praising the lord alongside of them because right so and just to add, you can same with Facebook and YouTube. You can oh, yeah, find yeah, it yeah. there too as well. Yeah, but yeah, and I agree. I felt the same way when I saw it the first time. I was like, huh, so that's great. So I guess here's the question: What if the church that you go to doesn't survive this? Well, you know, only because we've been talking about this for a while for for weeks and months. We've been talking about the fact of. Maybe the church that I go to on Sunday doesn't doesn't go forward, but the church is not the physical location on that road. Like, um, you know, we we talked about possibly getting some of the out of the boat guys together, uh, possibly with uh, some of other friends and and our wives, and going to where the church needs to be at a time like this. And about one of the only places around here that you can be because of the governor's shutdowns would be Kroger's or Walmart. Mm. What a better place to go, maybe get some gift certificates and just start handing out to people. Hey, here you go. Having some simple conversations, not going up to people saying, hey, do you know that your sin separates you from God and you're going to hell? <laughs> no, just go love on some people. Yeah. Let, let your love of Christ, loving on other people with a, you know, a ten or fifteen dollar gift card at the Walmart or Kroger's is going to open up maybe just a simple conversation of why would you give this to me? Yeah, 
And that's where the church is going to be. The church isn't going to be up in Enterprise, Ohio anymore. The church is going to be wherever we, the believers, are going out and doing the actions that Jesus called us to do. But So I guess this, here's another question. Have any of you listened to the Dave Ramsey? Yes. Okay. So what is one of the first things he has you do? Has you save up a savings account? $1,000. $1,000. Okay. Now, and then you consolidate some things. I I think it's like step three or four. You get to the point where in savings you have three months. Three months of all your bills. Okay. Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of churches out there that don't have that. Because if they had just Mm. that simple thing, this wouldn't be. But that's not going to. Now, you know, look, Antioch is set up great. They own the building. They own the property. You know, whenever they do repairs, they save up the money. You know, it's not a a debt-filled church. You know, they they have staff. They have utilities. And basically insurance, things like that. And ministry costs. Yeah, ministry. But I mean, you know... um, there's churches out there who have massive know, debt, massive millions yeah. of dollars in debt. Right. Um, you have two months of people not showing up and two months of, you know, your offerings dropping off 25, 30, 40%. Yeah. Um, again, if this was just like you said, if that was the church that God built, would it have fallen apart that easily? Right. So maybe it's time that we just start to rethink. You know, I I'm still a believer. I still think that there are uh, that there's evidence of it in in scripture for corporate gathering. Sure. Yeah. Um, I I I don't think it's the only thing that you do, and you do it every week, and it's every Sunday. Exactly. It, I mean, I don't yeah. think it's that. Right. But I think you know. We do need to come together, but I guess it's just that question of whatever church it is that you go to, what what if it doesn't? So one, is it going to affect your faith in God? Mm-hmm. Great question. You know, because so many people's faith is wrapped up in, because I used to be that way. I remember making the comment before of saying, man, I don't know what I'd do if LCC wasn't around. LCC didn't give me my salvation. Yeah, right. Like, but that's how that's where I was, young in my walk. But that was kind of my thought of thinking like I could not. I, I don't know how I would do this without this place. There's still a lot of people out there. Mm. There's a lot of people out there, and there's a lot and of people that, that right now. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are in that position that are going to end up where I'm at now. So I'm not saying that they're bad Christians. I'm not sure. saying that they're young. They're fragile. But they may have to start thinking that I may have to view church a little bit differently. Well, I may have to do something. They're going to have to I do. May, I may need to grasp on to some of these people who are stronger in their faith. They're going to have to view a lot of things differently, more than just church. There are going to be people around them that their lives are falling apart. People who have lost their job. People who maybe have lost their business. Um, and people are going to be looking to them as the Christian. And, and, and looking to them and asking them questions. And we, as believers, we need to be prepared to help them every way that we can. Maybe we can't help save their business, but we need to be there for them 
as they're going through this terrible time, because I guarantee you, there are going to be questions like, why would God, if he's such a loving God, allow my business to crumble, allow me to go bankrupt and lose my house too? Like, there are going to have to be some very difficult conversations as a Christian, not just about like the church or your church, but with the people that you come in. I mean, let's face it. If you just go to church every Sunday, are you seeing your pastor more than you're seeing your friends maybe that you work with five days a week? No. So realistically, you're seeing the world more than you're seeing your church, quote-unquote church, as in building. And so you got to be prepared to to dive in and tackle these difficult questions and difficult times that people are facing. Yeah. Well, I always used to say when, uh, when I did youth ministry and it's still true. I I said, if we have a kid coming to youth group, we have them for an hour and a half and half of that time we're probably playing games or stuff like that. So I've got a kid for 45 minutes that I can, you know, speak the word into And then if the kid's like, you know, really strong, quote unquote, really strong, you know, they're coming to church on, uh, on Sunday. So then maybe I get another half an hour, 40 minutes if they actually listen to the sermon and maybe they come to a, a Sunday school class or something and they get 45 minutes there. But even with all of that, you're looking at less you know, about looking at like two hours mm. out of how many hours of the week that they're on, you know, TV and the internet and yeah, having around point. their non-Christian friends, non-Christian family and getting the world like, I, like it's no wonder the church loses that battle mm. because, because if you're going at it from that sort of model where they're only getting it that much and they're getting so much of the other, you know, which which one's going to speak louder? Um, I I think that one of the places that we've missed it is that we really haven't followed Jesus' command to make disciples. That we're, we're we haven't really mentored people mm. because now they're going. Oh, church is gone. Like, what do I do? But, they should know what to do. But if right? but it, but if yeah. if they were being we should be if, teaching yeah them. if they were yes. being discipled, you know if if I'm discipling, you know highness, you know the church shuts down, but I I'm calling highness that night, and we're still talking through the word. We're still you know yeah. like if you're actually building disciples, that stuff's not going to happen. And I and so. I'm hoping that one of the things that this whole thing uh, with kind of the crutch of the Sunday morning service being kicked out from under us is it's going to force us to maybe disciple and mentor each other a little bit. Mm. Um, and and it kind of goes back to what what you guys were talking about with was seeing that worship and wanting to be a part of it. Um, remember when I, when I was here talking a couple podcasts ago, um, I said with, when it comes to out of the boat, when it comes to a couple of other times in my life, um, 
when I get around a real fellowship of believers, like I want to be there. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, if, if I miss, like I'm upset about it. Like it, like it draws you to it. And, you know, do we feel that draw, you know, do you feel that draw on Sunday morning? Now as a pastor, I kind of hope so, but, (laughs) but I don't think most people feel that to a Sunday service the way they do towards their brothers and sisters in Christ right. that, that are mentoring each other and pouring into one another and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's a, which I love that. Like, do you have, I think you need to really kind of question yourself when all it is that you want to do is sit by yourself. You just want to be with you and your family and that's it. Because that's not God's spirit. It's not. We're we're commanded to fellowship, and that was one of the one of the four principles um, that the early church in Acts was devoted to. You know, one of those is the fellowship. But if you're still to that point where you have to go to church because you need the 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 pastor to feed you, like I think this is going to be kind of breaking that. But you, you know, you talked about these these traditions and these you know what people will hold fast to, like. The thought of not having Easter service, whoa. But people have no problem of not discipling people. Right. And that cannot be any clearer in Scripture as to what you... So basically, Christian who's listening, and this goes for me and the rest of the people that are sitting around here, if yeah. you are not pouring into somebody, if you are not discipling somebody, you are disobeying a direct command from Christ, period. Period. No, no, no ifs, ands, buts about it. You are wrong. But is that really a priority for us? I mean, we won't miss the NFL draft. Right. But this will slide on. And yeah. I, I think this is going to really kind of, I, I just have a feeling that this is going to drastically change the landscape of the American church. There are still going to be those big churches that are going to survive. There are still those ones who have the bank accounts that are going to be fine. Sure. There are going to be those ones that are living on that ragged edge that are just you know so so far in debt and have these massive payments that they need to make that are probably going to go to the wayside. You know, there's there's going to be those old ones, old churches that have been paid for for many many years that are going to be fine. But I think that's going to spring up out of this. I think there's going to be a, a larger movement of how tr- house churches are going to come out of this. Um, I think there's going to be, you know, this is the refiner's fire. There's going to be some impurities going to be raised to the top, and some people are going to be wiped away. They just are. Let's face it. The Bible talks about a great falling away of believers. I'm not saying that this is this this event, that this event is the great falling away. But let's look at where things are in a month, and I think we'll shake our heads. I, yeah. I think we'll go, oh my gosh, if we've seen this type of falling away now, the great falling away that's coming, oh. you know, like you can get it. So, you know, um, you know, Pastor John, uh, assistant yeah. pastor at your church, he put out a great Facebook post uh, that he shared. And, you know, my wife was like, wow, this is really powerful because it really talked about we we're really seeing people's true colors right now. So um, my second daughter works for Starbucks. She, not not just the dye jobs that are coming out. Yes, like not real. just in hair, 
but yeah. deep down the flesh, the human yeah, yeah. part. So yeah. my second daughter, she works at Starbucks, won't name the town, won't name the place. Oh, Lan- Starbucks. Lancaster, Ohio. Um, <laughs> but she talked about how when she came home from work last night, I said, hey, how was it? And she said, we had cars wrapped around the building. Everybody was yelling at us when they got to the window. Everybody was like, you're so slow. People were calling in and complaining. They're doing mm. the best they can to serve coffee to people. Now, literally all hell is breaking loose in, in the world, in the country. Lockdowns, states are being locked down, National Guard's being pulled up. Gotta get and, your Starbucks. And people are calling, or people are literally complaining to them about how slow they are, and you're so slow, you're so stupid, just give me my coffee, I'm going to call your manager, mm. and this is where we are. And we've not... We haven't lost power, knock on wood. We haven't lost electricity. We still have heat in our homes. We still have running water in our homes. Like we still have food in our fridges. And this is where society has gone. We haven't even seen the worst of what Corona could possibly bring. Yeah. Let alone any other type of events that might occur in our country. Yeah. And here we are. And, and look, don't anybody listen to this, you guys here, don't take this as, this is, this is strictly my opinion, okay? But I think we as a country came to a breaking point, all right? So we're seeing houses in Logan, Ohio being sold for 275, 300 grand, all right? <laughs> About everybody I know makes 100 grand a year. Think about that. Right. Right. The economy's going so crazy. People are spending like crazy. It's me, 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 I, I, I. I can't get my Starbucks fat. I can't get my $7 overpriced coffee fast enough. Yep. You know, so I got to belittle the, the, the girl at the counter making eight bucks an hour because I'm so special. To me, it was just like we had, we had reached a breaking point. And I, I, I really feel that this could really come crashing down far. I agree. Far. Because you shut down all major businesses. I mean, I was, I was listening to a senator on uh, the news the other day. He just make a comment about there are 1,400 restaurants in, in just Myrtle Beach alone. Wow. Close wow. down. All right. Just this week... We've been sh- the restaurants have been shut down for what a week, week now? One week of no eat-in. Right, and there's two that are done in town already. One week. It's hmm. all they last. One week. Right. There are going to be people who have great big car payments, great big house payments, that are going to not have a job. Yep. All right. This has the potential, and in the way the numbers are, are continuing to jump. This has a potential of being massive, but to me, it just felt like something was at a breaking point. And I, I have, I have to still say, I believe in a sovereign God. Everything happens because He allows it to happen. He's very clear on that in Job. All right. So, and there's still nobody that I know of who. I mean, we've had some bad days. I don't know if you've had a Job day. Um, but 
I think right now, I, I, for me, and, and that's all I can say, for me, I feel like for myself and my family that I've been called to rethink just about everything. My spending habits, what I watch on TV, what I do with my family, what we, you know, how we plan for the future, what we want to do for buying a house, buying a car, you know, how we view church, everything in my life I feel needs to be reevaluated because, and I feel like God say, okay, fine, you weren't listening, I'll get your attention. Yeah. And and he has a magical way of doing that. And it just brings back that picture in Job again. You know, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? You know, so maybe it's also just a fact of, Maybe it's just time to submit to, to God and say, you know what? How do you want me to view your church? Yeah. How do you want me to view, you know, my family and, and my career and the time that I spend with them? How do you want this kind of reset? Because this is, this is a reset. Eventually this is going to pass and we're all going to get back to our jobs. We're all going to get back. There's going to be a reset. And like you just said, Brian, your fear is everyone's going to go back to the same way before. You know, it's going to be yeah. flu season again, and none of us are going to care about anything. We're going to walk around licking doorknobs and, and shaking hands and doing all this stuff like we did before with no kind of concern and just being afraid of everybody going back to the same routine. And anything that we had had that we're questioning right now is just going to say, man, it's just so much easier to go back to how I did it. You know, are we actually going to be able to say, you know what, Lord, man, you're doing this for a reason. What is it? Is it to re- is it to reshape the church? Is it to reshape our lives? Is it to reshape our communities or how we view people? Is it to re- reshape us from being so individually, personally consumed with what we can get and what we can we can continue to buy and get and accumulate while the people around us starve. Well, you know, um, I'll say this to, to Brian because he's sitting here and he's my pastor, but I'll say this to any pastor or I'll challenge anybody listening to go to their pastor in these next several months, there is going to be carnage around you. There's going to be carnage in your church. There's going to be people bankrupt in your church. I challenge churches Come off the money collecting dust in your savings account that you're looking to build the mega church with or that was given, but it could only be used for this. That that was earmarked for a building campaign, though. Listen, I don't care what it was earmarked for. If we cannot put that into people, if we can't put that into our own family, our own church family, how in the world can we go out and put it into non-believers? It's like Jesus saying... You won't, you won't understand heavenly things. You can't even get the earthly things I try to tell you. This is where I see this is the chance for the church to reap souls for the kingdom. People are going to be look at us and see how we respond through this time. And if unbelievers see that we can't even take care of people coming in our own church, that they're going without food, or we can't help them pay their electric bill for that month, or whatever— why in the world would they want to come along with something like that? These people can't even help themselves. They don't want to help their own people who come. 
Why would I want to be a part of that? Those times are coming. Yeah. Well, and uh, well, I guess it's a little preview of, of a message that I, I'm doing coming up. But, but like people are begging for, and, and it's going, only going to get worse, is people are begging for answers. People are like begging for, mm. uh, for help in all kinds of ways. Um, and we have this great opportunity to step up and, you know, like, uh, I've got, I have two different friends on Facebook that aren't, that don't have anything to do with church. They did maybe at one point and, and walked away, but it, it was interesting that both of them said, like, I, I walked away from church. One said, like, I pretty much walked away from my faith but the only thing that they have right now to like hold on to, and they they were talking about this on their Facebook, that is like scripture. Mm. Like the only thing they can remember is scripture, and it's like interesting. It, it, but but it's like like it's almost like God's like throwing us like Soft like balls. softballs, like like underhand, like real gentle, and it's like people saying like I don't know what to do. All I can do is hold on to scripture, but like I'm so scared right now, and like if if there's nobody that can be like well, and then you know start a conversation off of that, like or, like we're missing it, and I mean there's just going to be opportunities all around us for for the church to rise up and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I think, uh, one of the things that, that we're kind of thinking about is, you know, in the new Testament, it talks about God disciplining the ones he loves. And I think that this, you know, that part of what God's doing here is, is disciplining us. Maybe not, you know, like putting us over his knee or taking us out to the woodshed, although sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> um, but he's definitely uh, forcing us to, re- you know, like, like Franz said, rethink things. Um, and I think it's a disciplining process. So the, the question is when he's, as he disciplines us with how we take care of our family, how we take care of our money, how we, you know, reach out to other people and, and, and do the church things. You know, the question is, are we going to learn from our discipline or are we going to be a bratty kid that just doesn't pay any attention and goes, no, I want it my way. I'm going to do it my way. And, um, and, so I hope, and, and you know, it, it's one of those things that it's hard to know how to pray for this because there's part of me that is definitely praying that, that the coronavirus slows down and that people stay safe and healthy and yeah. all of that. But I've also been praying, I, I haven't prayed that God would stop it. That I, I've been just praying, God, whatever you want to do through this, you know, do it. Don't let me stand in your way. Your will be done. Because, and and, and, and I think that's. I don't know. I I, I guess it, it depends upon, kind of what what side of the fence you want to like. There's, there is the, 
you know, God, you, you know, pray that your will be done because he knows what's best. And in all reality, when we go to him and we ask him to change his mind, we're right. saying like, I think I know kind of better than you. Yeah. <laughs> so I want you to change and do it this way. I mean, that's what we're, that's You're basically right. what we're saying. I know. So just saying your will be done. You know, this will run its course how, how, how you want it. Um, but it's funny that you bring up the discipline because that was a couple of the other scriptures that I had. Yeah. Was uh, from Hebrews uh, 12, 7. Endure hardship as discipline. For God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? Mm. Right. You know, so I guess it depends upon how you want to look at this. You know, is this discipline? Is this because you know so many things have been has been ripped clean from us? I mean, literally. I mean, jobs. Uh, I mean, we've gone down through the list yeah. of things that have been taken clean from us right now. So, is this a way to get our attention? Is this is this discipline for something? Um, you know, and again, understanding that discipline is different than punishment. Right. You know, God's wrath and punishment is different than him disciplining you. Yep. So a lot of people view discipline as, as a negative thing, and it's it's not. I mean, when you discipline your kid, you're not doing it because you hate them. You know, you're doing them because there's a behavior that you want to get changed. I mean And so, usually it's it's for their own good and for their own right. safety yeah. and don't right. touch and, that stove. It's hot. Right. You know. So so don't view discipline as a negative thing. Don't view discipline as a bad thing. I mean, it, it, it is a good thing to have. It's a good thing to discipline your kids, and, and it's going to happen to us. So again, like you just said, are, are we the whiny brats who are complaining about being disciplined? Right. Um, you know, maybe there's some things that need to change in life, and to be able to get that attention is to discipline you from it. Yeah. It's the same thing that you do with your kids. Yeah. I, well... And I, I was, I when I when I think of the word discipline, I, I feel like God kind of changed this in my mind a few years ago. I think of discipline two different ways. It, it's a two double-edged coin or double-sided coin. Is there's the discipline that you know is, is like slapping the kid's hand who's trying to stick a fork in the outlet or touch the stove because you don't want them to burn their hand. But there's also the discipline of, you know, of, I, I try and go run every day. I, I, you know, of, of disciplining, of self-discipline, mm-hmm. of, of, you know, of, uh, doing things to help myself grow. And so it, it, discipline doesn't always have to be, it, it just really depends on how you look at it because sometimes discipline can come across and feel like God's putting the hammer down and yes, it's for, for you to grow. And sometimes that's how that discipline is, but sometimes you just kind of can look at it and go, this is an opportunity for me, for me to grow. So, so from my standpoint, like I can you know, whether this is God, you know, disciplining all of us to make us better or not, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of this is a chance for me to grow stronger and, mm-hmm. and, and allow, yeah. and allow God to discipline me through it. And, 
you know, asking God, like, make me stronger through this. Yeah, and self-discipline, um, I mean, that's what gets you to read, you know, having right. the discipline yep. to, to not blow it off. It's, you know, to uh, the discipline to, um, you know, during this time, you know, watch, watch the message. The discipline to uh, gather with other believers. Um, you know, the discipline to not look at things that you're not supposed to on the right. internet, not have conversations that you're not supposed to have, not use certain... I mean, so, you know, there is a there is the that that good side of self-discipline, you know, yeah. um, that we need, but, you know, there is the time when we need to be disciplined, but both sides of it is for your own good. Right. Right? So self-discipline works out for your betterment, whether it's diet, exercise, reading, whatever it is. But then when you're getting disciplined by the Father, again, it's for your own good for betterment down the... And we, and we have to look at that. And and that's kind of... I, I, you wonder if that's part of what's going on now. Yeah. I mean, you wonder... Well, if we, as we look to wrap this up, uh, here's what I want to encourage uh, all of us here in the room, myself, and all of you listening. We need to be... We need to be on our knees before the Father in prayer. Absolutely. We need to not be asking, Lord, why are you allow this to happen? Because realistically, if we could hear what he would say, we wouldn't understand it, first of all. Mm. And I, I know none of us really want that Job moment where the Lord says, okay, are you done? Are you done asking questions? Now let me ask you a few things. Yeah. Like, we don't want to be there. Here's what we need to be asking the Lord. Number one, to be with those around us, to give us supernatural wisdom that he could put people in front of us that we could see their pain, that we could help them, um, that, that he would give us a, a vision of the times to come and how he wants us to be his church and our immediate surrounding area. What is it that you want us to do, Lord? Not this poor me or, you know, Lord, why would you let this happen? We need to have the heart of the Father and I know that's going to be tough. I know there are going to be days where I probably can have the heart of the Father, and then there are going to be days where I'm I'm complaining about everything. But I just want to encourage everyone listening, take this stuff to the Lord. We were not made to carry the burdens that we carry on our own. Mm. He longs for us to come to Him. He longs for us to come to Him like we do to our fathers, our earthly fathers, or earthly mm -hmm. mothers, and we say, boy, you know, I, I'm going through this, and can you help me? That's what he wants from us. Just go to the Father, ask him how you can help grow his kingdom. How, how can I better reflect you tomorrow, Lord? Yeah, and so I want to close with the last scripture. It's uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 12, um, 5. And then it'll jump down to 11. Uh, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the ones He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. For the moment of the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields its peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And that's 
what we were just talking about. I mean, it is something good is going to come out of this. The Father will be glorified from this. Amen. And we can't see that right now. And, I mean, there's, you know, there's people that we're going to have, you know, like Matt said, the carnage is going to be around us. There's going to be people who are going to um, lose their businesses, lose their job. Uh, they're going to lose their church. They're going to, there's, there's a lot of things that they're going to lose. Um, and they're not going to view this as well, how in the world can I glorify the Father through this. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to try to walk with people through that. Um, you know, I, I pray that none of that happens to any of us sitting around here. Um, but it's Lord's will be done. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if, uh, if he wants that to happen to one of us, that's what's going to happen. And we have to be disciplined enough to continue to glorify him and realize that this is for whatever reason, his choice. Um, but, but like Matt said, spend some time in prayer and ask the Father um, what He wants you to kind of reevaluate. You know, why were all these things taken so fast? Why were these things um, not gradually kind of, I mean, just gone? Uh, so many different idols were ripped out of people's hands in an instant. And, and, and you know, we can create... We have a way of creating all kind of idols. Yeah, um, we go to Starbucks, right? Yeah, Starbucks coffee. Yeah. Um. So spend some time with the Lord and ask about it. But I, I do want people to. I don't want people to think, man, this is something that Satan's done. You know, um, the Lord has allowed this to happen for whatever reason. I have no idea. Um. But he has allowed it to happen. Um, we'll only find out in time, maybe, because I mean, it's his plan, and, and we're not we're not guaranteed to know everything. Listen, he's driving the bus. We're riding in the back. Yeah, he yeah. knows where he's taking us. We just not right. got to be that kid. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I think that it. The in the scripture you just read it, it talks about don't let it make you weary, and I think mm. that's I think that's the thing is if Great if point. this is a disciplining process, don't let because Satan's not doing this, but Satan will use this like Absolutely. crazy, and so as we're going through this refining process, like don't let it like don't let Satan take that and, and drag you down by it. Don't get weary from it. Um, God's put like so many opportunities in front of us now through this. And so like church just needs the, the real church just needs to rise up and take all these opportunities and run with it and, and not grow weary from it. But, but take, make the most, like the Bible says of every opportunity and, and, use this for the glory of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up. Anyone else got anything? Thanks for having me. To? Yeah. I appreciate yeah, you coming in. Yeah. I knew this would be a topic that would be right down. Yeah. I sent the text out to these guys this morning. I'm like, Hey, I, I kind of, I want to reach out to pastor Brian and see if you're like, what do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anytime. I, I mean, love it. you know, we've had these conversations before, just kind of the rethink, yeah, the rethink of church. And, and 
it's funny how you know these conversations that we had months ago now all of a sudden everybody's forced into it yeah you know um and and to kind of see what it's what it's what it's like and yeah it's like we had the class and then god put us in the lab (laughs) right right like okay now they now you've read about it now now do it yeah 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 and not just some of you yeah all of you (laughs) right yep so all right well you mind closing us up for the night absolutely Father, we thank you for every season of life that that we go through. Um, some are harder than others, and uh, but Father, I, I pray that we would take those harder seasons and use them as opportunities to allow you to refine us, make us stronger, um, and make us into who you want us to be. Father, I pray against uh, Satan and the way that he's going to use all this uh, corona craziness to drag people down and and to uh, to discourage them. Father, I pray that your church would just rise up and fight against the enemy. Yes, Lord. Um, I pray that we would uh, point to your truth, that we would encourage people with your truth, that we would instill faith in people. And uh, Father, I pray that we would learn from this. Mm. Um, I I pray that it wouldn't just be something that slides off our back and we just go backwards to where we've been. I pray that you would do something new um, and that you would make your church stronger than it ever has been before, um, that we can do the work of the kingdom. Father, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for these guys. Uh, I pray that you would bless them. Um, and Father, I just pray that everybody listening tonight would know that they're loved, yes. uh, that they're loved by these guys that do this podcast for them. But most of all, that they are loved by the creator of the universe and by a God who would go to the cross for them. Um, and may they meet that God uh, head on each and every day. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And we pray these things in your name because it's all yours in Jesus name. Amen. 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 You've been listening to cast the net, a production of out of the boat ministries. For more information, follow us on Facebook at out of the boat Logan, or visit our website out of the boat ministries.com.